0: Progressive presents an interview with your upstairs neighbor hey it's rick from upstairs yeah i take it seriously when i play r&b at one in the morning that's me saying hey i'm here for you and i enjoy repetitive baselines i only use expired batteries in my smoke detectors
1: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula 1 podcast. Guys, the big news this week. So both Ferrari and Mercedes have refused to supply power units to McLaren from 2018 onwards.
0: And of course, uh, this is alleged by Zach Brown, so it's not really confirmed by Ferrari and Mercedes themselves. But honestly, what were McLaren thinking when they approached Uh, Ferrari and Mercedes for their power units.
1: They were thinking no Honda, obviously.
0: (laughs) But uh, Ferrari and Mercedes refused Red Bull Racing. So why on earth would they agree to supply it to McLaren?
1: Yes, and it doesn't make sporting sense. But for the business of Formula 1, you know, this manufacturer cartel, it really needs to stop. And I think this is Formula One's true power struggle. Or in Red Bull Racing and McLaren's case, power unit struggle.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So there is a ruling that ensures that no team on the grid is left without a power unit ever. But uh, anyway, McLaren are hoping that Honda deliver, but there's nothing new in that. They've been hoping this for the last uh, three-odd seasons. And uh, as for Renault, they actually don't mind supplying their units, just that they're not sure if their um, you know them supplying to a fourth team could add to reliability issues for them, since McLaren would be the fourth Renault-powered team on the grid.
1: That's fair actually Kunal and I think the worst part of this power struggle is that Ferrari and Mercedes aren't interested in hiring Alonso, they've said that, and by not supplying power units to McLaren, they're not helping McLaren retain Alonso either.
0: Oh man. So basically, they're
1: responsible for kicking Alonso out of Formula 1.
0: Single or in this case, dual handedly.
1: (laughs) And it's just so unfortunate. I mean, I wish they'd have seen this whole power struggle thing coming when they wrote down these highly complicated power unit regulations.
0: Talking of regulations for 2020, they're seeking new engine regulations or even could be 2021. And there's talks that Audi, BMW and a few other Car manufacturers have been attending these technical meetings, Uh, but dear Formula 1, please ensure that very simple and easy to make competitive engine regulations are written down.
1: Yes, and in fact for the future, it seems that Formula 1 is seeking to reduce the weight of engines further. So basically after the size zero in design, we are now talking about reducing weight. Kunal, obviously Formula 1 cars are going the modeling way. (laughs) (laughs) This is Lewis Hamilton's influence at (laughs) play.
0: And uh, independent teams such as Red Bull Racing and McLaren are at such a disadvantage with such kind of current regulations that we have. And uh, they actually, it's not that they can't afford competitive engines. It's just that nobody is going to be selling one to them. And basically Ferrari and Mercedes are controlling Which teams will be competitive in Formula 1?
1: McLaren is now suffering from the Red Bull racing problem. (laughs) Which is better than the McLaren problem, for sure.
0: (laughs) Uh, Honda is expected to have a spec 4 engine coming up pretty soon. I don't know what it will do. And more like, actually, I don't care either. But look at Alonso's fortunes in the British Grand Prix. He put on a new power unit. He took all those grid penalties and he still clocked a DNF. How strange is that?
1: Very strange. So I saw the Cars 3 garage at the British Grand Prix and when the cars didn't come out to race on track, I almost wondered if they were powered by Honda as well.
0: (laughs) 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 Guys, obviously I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) But this was a very good integration with Disney to attract younger audiences.
1: And Formula 1 announced a partnership with Snapchat last week. And promptly, Formula 1's bad boy, our favorite rebel, Lewis Hamilton. So he went and used Instagram Live while he was on the podium.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if this will be the new regulation that Formula 1 will introduce in time to come. Teams and drivers to only use Snapchat for all social media
1: stories. (laughs) (laughs) I think we should all join Snapchat, Kunal.
0: But this is yet another effort by Formula One to reach out to younger audiences. It also establishes Snapchat as the tool and medium to go to if you want to attract the younger of the younger millennials.
1: That's true, actually. I never thought of it that way. The, The F1 Live London event was in fact Formula One's best effort yet. And I always wondered what Formula 1 would be if they brought all their marketing might together. And yes, the results in London were out there for all of us to see. Like, marvellous stuff. Yes,
0: it was out there for 100,000 fans to see on a weekday in London, on the streets, watching Formula 1 cars driving up and down and performing donuts. Like, dreamy stuff for me, to be honest.
1: I was looking at Kimi Räikkönen walking up to fans and shaking hands. (laughs) I was like, oh my god, I wish I was in London. (laughs) But obviously, Lewis Hamilton skipping the event was the big news. At least still, he went and won the British Grand Prix on Sunday.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, I wish Lewis Hamilton was there. He is the absolute fan favorite. He is the local hero. And all he needed to do was take the tube and show up at the show.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Especially if 19 out of 20 drivers could do that, you know, show up. Kunal, I am surprised that Mercedes and Formula One could not control his attendance. You know, even more so because this is the first such event ever.
0: Yes, and uh, Hamilton's disappearing act aside, I am eager to know where the next F1 live event is going to be held. So they made fans taste blood, literally so, or rubber in this case. They better serve us more doses in the months to actually come, and that to all around the world.
1: I totally don't mind planning my next holiday around the next F1 live event. (laughs) Just at this time, I hope that they give fans like us enough notice to book those tickets and land up.
0: (laughs) So the business of F1 live events, that's of course where my interest also lies. I'm really keen to know who funded the live event in London. Was it the local organizers or was it Formula One? And who will actually fund such future events as well. Because let me tell you, it is expensive to run a show car, especially for the midfield teams who have to rent engines. And let me let me tell you this, so when uh, Force India ties up with Mercedes, the contract means that at all Grand Prix racing events and official testing events, there will be engines provided. But... Show car uh, running events are not a part of the contract usually.
1: That's interesting. A- and
0: it'll be curious to know who fits those bills going forward as well. Because while there is visibility that's been created for the midfield teams, I don't know if they can afford them in their budget. And I'm saying this from my Force India Day. So I'm hoping that. Such questions get answered in the time to come, so that we can actually plan the next event sooner.
1: Kural <laughs> Dam, interesting. And next time, I also hope that uh, Formula One blocks Lewis Hamilton's calendar much in advance. <laughs> Maybe they should invite all his celebrity friends over. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: uh, social media actually wondered what was important that weekend: hundred thousand fans coming to watch you on a weekday for free, or one hundred and forty odd thousand fans who paid a fortune. To see you go racing. So, to me, the settings are a little different. The F1 live event was a promotional event. It was for the sport, and there were no championship earnings involved, nor in terms of money, uh, neither in terms of money nor in terms of points. So, a racing driver who landed up there was absolutely selfless to attend. It was for a cause. It was for the sport. Whereas, at a Grand Prix racing weekend, like the British Grand Prix, a driver is contracted and he's actually paid to attend and go racing. So this is also where he picks up championship points. So this is more for the driver and then the team and the other one is more for the fans and for the sport. And we all know which driver chose what.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's very interesting how Max Verstappen put it. So he said that if he had missed an F1 live event in his country, his fans would have shot him down. (laughs) I I guess the British fans are quite tolerant. (laughs) I also guess that maturity
0: doesn't necessarily come with age. (laughs) Okay, enough of the wheeled attacks.
1: But yes, a brilliant drive by Lewis Hamilton on the weekend. He clinched his fifth British Grand Prix victory and he also scored the Grand Slam. Like, very cool.
0: Yes, and he needed Vettel to hit some bad luck and boy, Vettel did hit some bad luck. So, the World's Drivers' Championship is down to a single exciting point. And although for Wettel, uh, you know, this is how I like to summarize his last racing week, especially since we had back to back races in Austria and Silverstone. So, in Austria, he wanted an extra lap to beat Portas. And I wonder if in Silverstone, he hoped for a lap less, because that would have given him a podium finish.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So close so far. Lewis Hamilton dedicated his victory to Billy Mongo, and that was a very nice gesture.
0: Yes, it was delightful to see Billy in the Mercedes garage, and I'm sure this was a dream that came true for him as well.
1: And here's another interesting story during the rounds. So, Lewis and Sebastian, they both yet to confirm their futures at their respective teams. Kunal, do you think they're thinking of a possible swap?
0: <laughs> I don't know. And that would be a very interesting, but a very uh, rare swap that would have happened in Formula One since many, many years. Crazy but. coup that would be. <laughs> so Lewis Hamilton has also released his own emoji pack. It's called the Hamoji, And basically this means that Alonso beat the rest of the drivers in this aspect too. <laughs>
1: I'm just wondering, if Kimi Raikkonen released his own emoji pack, it would basically be the same emotion, you know, (laughs) like for 10 different emotions.
0: Wow.
1: (laughs) Anyway, given Alonso's McLaren stint, I think he's had more emoji moments on and off track than any other driver. So clearly, it was very easy for him to pull it off.
0: (laughs) So I was reading a post the other day that wondered how strong a World Endurance Championship team would be if Alonso, Raikkonen and Button joined forces and raced. And of course, it was wishful thinking. But let's remember that each of these three drivers, or at least one of these three drivers is retired and the other two could pretty much be on their way out of Formula One as well. And uh, honestly, after seeing the interest Alonso generated in the Indy 500, I am totally for drivers wanting to drive across other racing series.
1: Talking of which, so Sebastian Ogier, the leader of the World Rally Championship, so he tested a Red Bull racing car just for fun. And I think the last WRC driver who made it to Formula 1 was Kimi Raikkonen. (laughs) Obviously, I had to bring up the Kimi Raikkonen connection.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If uh, Sebastian Ogier makes it to Formula 1, we'll be back to having a grid with two Sebastians. I think that the last time this happened was when there was a Sebastian Buemi and a Sebastian Vettel as well. So, Sebastian being destined for Formula Mm -hmm. (laughs) 1. And uh, on that note of button, he finally made it to the podium of the British Grand Prix after 17 years of trying.
1: (laughs) Poor guy. I loved how he booted out Owen Wilson from the podium interviews. I think Formula 1 should really stick to the pros.
0: <laughs> or they could just hire us to do those interviews. Hey,
1: we are pros. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we promise to bring out more than a few jokes while on the podium. Because right now, it's all very corporate PR talk. I like to hang the team and the guys in Woking and a guy's here and a guy's there. Okay, not Woking, it's usually Brackley. But anyway, uh, the British Grand Prix for me was fun. It was a race where every other position but the lead was up for grabs and everyone was racing for.
1: The bad luck of the RB13, we'd spoken about it extensively in our last podcast. So that changed hands from Verstappen to Ricciardo. And Kunal, though, it was great to see Ricciardo climb up the ladder and he finally finished fifth. Pretty much every time the cameras focused on him, he was busy overtaking someone or the other.
0: (laughs) Driver of the day. Totally deserved. Totally. Yes. And uh, bad luck also continued for Kimi Raikkonen. I don't know if and how we're going to be able to break that jinx for him. And uh, Raikkonen missed out on P2 despite his best race performance of the season. In fact, his luck was so bad at the british grand prix that ferrari struggled to even put the correct message on his pit board
1: (laughs) (laughs) poor guy but the british grand prix was proof that ferrari treats their drivers equally so same lap same corner same tire and the same disaster like how did they pull that off
0: (laughs) and had hamilton actually not crossed the line to end ocon's race who he had actually lapped, uh, there could have been a chance that Ocon would have overtaken Vettel, which would have meant that Vettel would have gone from a 20 points lead to a points deficit in Hungary. Can you imagine?
1: But that one point difference, as we near the middle of the season, it just shows how close things are this season.
0: Oh, yes. Evenly matched... Drivers in just about evenly matched cars.
1: Interestingly, for his contract renewal, Vettel has asked that Raikkonen should be his teammate for next year. And I really hope this happens.
0: <laughs> Kiwi Raikkonen has said that his future is in Ferrari's hands. Though, given his popularity, I think Raikkonen's future should be in the hands of his fans.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think the world knows who I would vote for. Definitely (laughs) all the listeners of this podcast. (laughs) So,
0: by the way, Nico Rosberg has shot down rumors of him joining Ferrari as a comeback to Formula 1. So, I'm not sure if that's smart or not. But uh, what's certainly not smart was that Rosberg almost lost his driver's championship trophy recently.
1: So, this basically means that Nico Rosberg has lost the world driver's championship trophy three times. Twice to Lewis Hamilton and then once all by himself. <laughs> by the way, Nico Rosberg is also following in Hamilton's footsteps at Wimbledon. It seems that he landed up without socks and I think they denied him entry. Luckily, he had a pair handy and you know things were okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> 2070's unlucky boy Max Verstappen had a phenomenal race. He showed the world why Red Bull Racing wouldn't trade him for even 100 million euros. I just loved his opening laps, especially the fight with Sebastian Vettel.
1: And I really think that Vettel and Verstappen should always be in different teams. Because that's the only way that their battle is going to be as much fun. I'd never want that team orders comes in and ruins this rivalry. (laughs) And our fun, obviously.
0: Sebastian Vettel also tested the FIA's SHIELD concept, basically the cockpit protection device, uh, and he didn't seem to enjoy it too much. He said he he said he walked out feeling giddy because of uh, you a know, variety of reasons. But the news that's also come in just as we entered uh, the studio for this week's episode, as the FIA has confirmed the use of the HALO, from the 2018 season onward. So we're not going to react to it because we know that the FIA absolutely knows what needs to be done for driver safety and we'll leave this in their hands. They're better at this than they're better at their stewarding, to be honest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Sebastian Vettel has also asked for a rethink of the jumpstart rules. Kunal, I think this is just because he knows that he cannot match the superhuman reflexes of Botas <laughs> like we saw last time. <laughs>
0: In fact, this could also be that one rule that he probably can never break, which is why he's asked to mend them, maybe. And uh, the one driver we're yet to speak about, which you just mentioned, was Valtteri Bottas or Mr. Minimal Talking.
1: (laughs) Typically Finn.
0: (laughs) He went from P9 to P2 in a brilliant drive.
1: Yes, and we've called that a career-defining drive. I agree. It's a contract-attracting drive as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad that Toro Wolf has said that extending Bottas's contract is a no-brainer.
0: So the British Grand Prix showed us how bad luck in one race can make an impact on the drivers' championship. Now imagine this: in Hungary, if Hamilton and Vettel have issues, or take, or they take each other out, or they individually crash out, and Bottas wins. He will go into the summer break, leading the Drivers' Championship.
1: That's a very interesting, tantalising thought. So, talking about leading, Kubica seems to be the leading the list of drivers who could replace Palmer at Renault. And there were also rumours about Carlos Sainz joining Renault. And now Kubica will test the 2017 Renault F1 car in Hungary a day after the race. And if all goes well and if all powers are pleased, he could get into the Renault cockpit instead of Palmer as early as Spa. So basically, after the summer break.
0: Wow, that's an interesting uh, piece of news.
1: Wait, that's (laughs) crazy. (laughs) So,
0: Palmer basically is one of those rare drivers who could arrive at Spa and not be happy about being in a Spa. (laughs) Okay, bad attempt at a good joke, I guess. But I wish Kubica got a, f- a free practice session on the Friday. At least that way, it would get televised. Because I can tell you that Kubica's comeback will attract a lot of attention as well.
1: It also seems that Renu is keen to put a comeback driver into the car rather than new talent. Because there's talk that Sebastian Buemi could also make a comeback. And suddenly, we might have three Sebastians <laughs> on the grid. <laughs> And about all of that, Kunal, I loved how Renault put a 79-year-old racing rally car driver in the Renault. And she just happened to be a woman, obviously. And such an interesting story.
0: Yes, it was a lovely story. I loved the content that they put around this story as well.
1: It seems that they're learning a thing or two from Red Bull Racing, no?
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And the last few stories of the week before we wrap up this episode. So, the Sergio Perez and the Esteban Ocon war has actually gone to the dogs. Esteban Ocon has had to block Perez's fan on social media for abusing him. Behave yourself, guys.
1: Yeah, that's very (laughs) shameful. And Perez is not willing to commit to force India for 2018 yet. And I think this is yet another season where he hopes a big drive will come his way. Will it be Ferrari? Let's watch.
0: (laughs) In my view, it can actually only be a Ferrari because we know Mercedes is, you know, calling it a no-brainer to renew Bottas' contract. So unless a Hamilton does retire, which he's been hinting at, I don't think Mercedes is going to be interested in Perez. And uh, we know how his relationship with McLaren ended. And let's remember, he actually said no to Renault last season as well. So we'll know in 2018 if that was a wise decision or not.
1: Yeah. And it's also been the week of the Kivat torpedo again. (laughs) So after his antics in Austria, Danny Kivat was again at it in Silverstone. Only this time he torpedoed his sister uh, Toro Rosso racing car, which is Carlos Sainz's car. And I think Danny Kivat is in a pretty delicate place right now. So he's had penalty points, in-race penalties. He seems to be doing everything he can to be demoted, basically replaced (laughs) soon.
0: Like we said in the previous episode, Daniel Ricciardo is the only happy Red Bull racing driver at the moment. (laughs) Although that must have changed for Max after a cool P4 in the British Grand Prix last weekend.
1: And finally, there's one unhappy former world champion and that's Jacques Villeneuve. So, apparently, this is damn funny, Kunal. He's been barred from entering the motorhome of Williams. And this is because of his negative comments about Lance Stroll. <laughs> Can't stop
0: laughing. <laughs> I'm sure Jax has now realized that first it was Stroll's money that did the talking and now it is Stroll's speed. So, let's hope that Stroll keeps proving Villeneuve wrong as the season progresses. On that note, thank you so much for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. Do remember to subscribe to us on iTunes and on Audioboom for your weekly dose of Formula One humour. And we will see you in the week of the Hungarian Grand Prix. Thank you. The ultimate bacon cheeseburger that puts all other cheeseburgers to cheeseburger shame. And now we're bringing that same big bacon energy to shake up and wake up your breakfast with the Breakfast Baconator, stacked with a fresh cracked egg, sausage, cheese, and bacon. And right now, you can get a free Breakfast Baconator with purchase in the Wendy's app. So get to Wendy's and always be Baconating. We got
1: Offer available at participating U.S. Wendy's for a limited time during breakfast hours only. Offer must be redeemed via the app. Account registration required.